Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. As we acknowledge that presence of God within us, there is only one power and one presence, only one activity that is active in our lives and in the universe, co-creating our lives with us, and that is God, the good, omnipotent, absolute good, absolutely. And we are one with that presence, which is why every thought we think generates and co-creates the energy of that which we are thinking. In this moment, let's think on peace. Let's think on unity. Let's think on the, the unified, loving presence of God. That infinite spirit that exists within you and in the universe. That extends grace to us no matter what. Let us open up our consciousness to be the presence of grace for ourselves and others, consciously and intentionally, the way God's presence is that for us. And I invite you to take a deep breath and breathe in a feeling of love. And exhale, releasing and letting go and letting God take everything that no longer serves you. And just for a little bit, let's sit in a feeling of just peace and knowing that all is well. Slowly breathing in and slowly breathing out. You are safe in this place. You are loved just the way you are. Let your mind become at peace. And let your body relax in that knowing that you are loved and all is well. We thank you, God, for that mighty knowing and that mighty gift of love that you are that loves us no matter what. And so it is, and we let it be. Amen. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance.
I am an individualized expression of God. Say that two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. Now say it like you really know it and mean it. Together, I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us go ahead and affirm our growth affirmation together and know that it is working. I know you know it, but let's know it even deeper. Together, we give thanks for this expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuaries, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. All right, you guys ready to liven things up a bit? Yes. We're gonna do a throwback, back to the Isley Brothers. So we'll take, yeah. we'll take it back and uh, you guys will know this one. Sing along if you know the words. So Who pay the price? Come home. 
Oh my gosh, we're getting a preview of All Music Sunday. Ha! Ah, let's give him another hand. Y'all got me hyped. <laughs> I'm all hyped up now. I got that exercise sitting in the chair. I'm hyped. <laughs> Are you guys hyped? <laughs> okay, good. I'm not the only one who's hyped. I like that word, hype. <laughs> try to wheedle it in to the talk somehow, because <laughs> I like that word hype. I really do. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Um, we are almost at the end of this year. Woo! This year has gone by, gone by, gone by. I want to say something to you all. Faith brought this to my attention, and I want to bring it to your attention. The food drive was not just a rinky-dink. We were distributors for a charitable, a charitable organization that's giving out things for, all the, for the community. So when we brought our 51 boxes in, there is a whole warehouse, a whole area of other things that are being distributed as well. So this is not rinky-dink what you all did to help the Children's Church. We started last year as a whim, and we had 50 boxes, and this year we had 51 boxes to feed those who are homeless and those, or, well, those who, who are needy food for Thanksgiving. Can you just imagine someone not having enough money to have their own Thanksgiving uh, meal, to create their own Thanksgiving meal, and they get something, a box, with different kinds of meals in it? Not just Thanksgiving but for breakfast, something for lunch, and something for dinner. That is big. That is big. So when you guys come to help, like you might, we might want to do things at a charitable organization like a soup kitchen and that kind of thing, this is a soup kitchen in a way. Amen. And the adoptive family, that's big. People who have no no money to buy Christmas gifts. Can you imagine in, as a parent uh, and even as a veteran whose family, uh, they don't have enough money to get something to celebrate for Christmas for their children. And we get to do that. We have been doing this for years. I remember the first time we did that I and, and my husband Howard did it. We um, came here and there was two families that we were we were doing it for, and we went to a family, I think it was in Taylor, and Elliot came with us. And Elliot brought, they needed a, a crib. Elliot brought a crib that turned into a day bed. And um, when we got there, there was no furniture in the house. There's a little bare Christmas tree. There's a little doggy in a little dog, um, whatever you call it, cage. And we gave them a $100 gift certificate for, for Kroger, too. And we got, we got them again this year, too, thanks to a, a, a wonderful donor. And we handed her, she was pregnant. And as we were bringing in the gifts, I hate that when my glasses have a little thing in them. There's a little two-year-old, and she's, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I help? Now, the gifts are bigger than her, and she's trying to hold something. We're trying to find something small enough for her to hold. She's excited, and her, little, her uh, big sister, and the, the mother was actually going in labor. She had no food in her refrigerator and was waiting for her brother to call her back. There was no food in the refrigerator. She opened the door. There was nothing in there. And we brought uh, uh, gifts in that house. And then she had a gift card that she could go buy some, some food. This is not rinky-dink, y'all. This is big. 
We may be a small community, but we have a huge, infinite heart of love that's been doing some big things. I mean, for real. And I couldn't be more proud and more humbled to be around such wonderful, generous, awesome people. Hearts of love walking around this world. What harvest for the world? We here are contributing to the harvest of the world. Amen? Amen. This is big. So if you ever wonder, where can I give? You can give right here. We're opening up opportunities to be more of an outreach for a reason. Because we want it to be that we're not just feeding ourselves spiritually. We're feeding the world as well. And if you can do it one community at a time, that's all it takes. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you some more for every way that you tie them. Try not to cry. Tie of your time, your talent, your treasure, and your prayers, and your heart. It means so much to me to be a part of this community. I had to say that before I got started because it means so much to me. My family does that kind of thing, and to be a part of a spiritual community that does as well, it just makes my heart feel even greater. I, I, there are no words. Does that make sense, that there are no words? So thank you. Huh. So now we can get into the talk. <laughs> I did a, um, I'm veering off course, but I'm following spirit. I did a memorial here yesterday. And it was interesting because back in 2018, I did a memorial during my internship for a family who the, the husband and the father had, had passed away. And I had done one before that at Unity of Livonia, and they saw me, and so they asked me to do that one. And, and so then what happened was the, the, after the, the, young, the man died, his name was uh, Bill, his sister died three months, transitioned three months later. And when I was here then, you know, um, and so I did the memorial here. And there was so much love in their heart. The family that, that, the, um, that I had done the, for the father, they were the type of love that's here. They opened up their house to anybody who needed it. They didn't ask questions. If you were in need, if you were in a dangerous situation, even if you were a refugee, they opened up their home, they opened up their heart. It was an honor to do that memorial for the husband. And then to do the memorial for the husband's sister who passed away three months later. And then yesterday, it was his wife. And in that family is so much love that it's an honor to be able to do that. And an honor to be able to sit up there and talk about her heart being so open that she would travel around the world. And she was the type of person that you look at her, you're all her world right now. She wants to get to know everything about you. And her heart is so open, she wants to know everything about you. And you could be a perfect stranger, a cashier, somebody walking in a store who needs help with something, and she'll sit there and talk to you. And you're the only concern with her right there. And now she walks away with a new friend. She brought in her grandkids, friends. She's always, she used to always ask, are you hungry? Do you have, there's some food there. She was so close, her, her, she and her husband were so close to Sue and her husband. And that was a close relationship. It was a, a deep relationship. 
And it's so powerful to have that kind of love in your life. And now when I met her, I'm helping her for her husband's memorial. She's asking me, how you doing? Are you going to be okay going home and all this? What? And she wasn't in the best of health. And she was grieving, grieving and hurting. They had been married for 53 years. She was grieving. But her heart was big and open because she was tuned into the biggest, the biggest commodity, the biggest asset that we have in this world, in, your, in the universe, and that is the love in your heart. That is the love in your heart. Nobody can take that away from you but you. Nobody can shut it down but you. Nobody. And person after person after person came up to attribute to what I was sharing about her. As I was talking to her, um, her, um, her, her children, I could feel the love of her presence there. And I'd already met her, so I could just, it just was there. They were grieving too, but there was a joy in their face to share the story about their mother. Because their mother's heart had touched them so deeply that through them it's touching the world as well. And as she went and traveled, they traveled everywhere. They lived everywhere. I mean, 19 different places they had lived. She showed me when she was, when I was doing the memorial for her husband, showed me all these different locations. And, you know, we figured we had to settle down a little bit, so we came back to the United States because we had two kids. But everywhere they went, her heart was open to learn the culture, to learn the people, to have a heart of diversity, like for real, for real to learn the cultures enough to get up in there with them, the proximity to get close up and personal with who she was meeting in a foreign country. Didn't matter where. You could see her light there because she was bubbling around meeting everybody. An infinite expression of the treasure of love. And the truth is we are all infinite expressions of that. And as I was thinking about what to, let, to name my uh, message for yesterday, it was being a beacon of love. The truth is we are all beacons of love. But is your love light turned on? Like for real. Like a, a lighthouse lighting your way. For anyone that comes your way, they know where to go because they see the love of the light of your love and they know the acceptance and the worthiness of who they are through her, your eyes. She, show, she would hug you with her eyes, with her smile, with her laughter, and with her words. And I knew it up close and personal because when I did the memorial for her sister-in-law, which was her husband's sister, I saw it. They waited for the memorial to start for her to get there because that's how important she was in her husband's family's life. That is a beacon of love. That is the love that you all come from when we do these, these campaigns, these, these outreach programs. That is the love that you, we have in Unity of Farmington Hills. That is the love that created these values to create where we are diverse, welcoming, loving, spirit-filled, and empowering. You can't be any of these Without the spirit of love, being spirit-filled means that everywhere you walk, you're vibrating in a vibration of love and light, a beacon of love. And so that's powerful because today's the title of today's talk is Becoming a Rich Farmer. 
And the parable that Jesus uses today in the, in the scriptures that I'm talking about today comes from Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. And the title of this section in Luke is called Parable of a Rich Fool. In other scriptures, is called, uh, other versions, is called Parable of a Rich Farmer. And the reason why, I'm, I'm just, I don't know the reason why God brought, me, brought that in me talking. I'm just going to be going to sew it together. I'm going to let God bring it up. But it means a lot to me because in this story, as we start in verse 13, that one of the things that I noticed about Jesus is that every time he told a parable, it was to put an exclamation mark towards some type of, some type of uh, spiritual law he was saying, some type of spiritual truth he was saying. And here in verse 13, he's talking to the people. And you have some people who don't want to hear what you're saying. You're saying some spiritual stuff to them, and it's convicting them, and they don't really want to hear it. They don't really want to do it. They don't really want to address what it takes to be what it is that you're talking about on a spiritual level. And, and Jesus had several people who were doing that to him. They throw him off course, and especially the religious leaders, because they wanted to trip him up and make him say something that will cause them to be able to arrest him because he was taking attention away from them. And so in this verse, chapter uh, in chapter 12 of Luke, it says, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, verse 14, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide, what, uh, decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. I'll say that again. Life is not measured by how much you own. And we're going we're gonna to look at that, nuance that a little bit. Now let's look at this before we get into the parable. First of all, the man didn't come to hear what Jesus had to say. He didn't. In the Jewish tradition, if you had a dispute against someone, you could go to a rabbi and they called Jesus a rabbi because he knew what he was talking about. He knew the scriptures, and he was spirit-filled when he said it, and they could feel the spirit and the interpretation that he gave them, that it was from the spirit within, that it was convicting them to do something on a higher vibration. And he knew, he knew his parables. He knew the Old Testament, the New Testament, um, and he was creating the New Testament, which is a spiritual understanding of the Old Testament. Does that make sense to everybody? Because in the Jewish tradition, they lived off of the Torah, which is the Old Testament, the five books, the five books of the Bible that, Mo that Moses is attributed to writing. And in there, there's prophecies about the Messiah. And he knew those prophecies. He knew the Bible. He knew the, the Torah, rather, which was they'd read on a scroll. And since he knew it so well, they called him teacher or rabbi. And so this guy's purpose for being there was to handle his own agenda. Tell my brother to give me my part of my portion of our inheritance. He wasn't even anywhere up in trying to hear something spiritually. And how many times do we have people in our world who when they have an issue or when something's going on or when they're in a place that's spiritual and some good stuff is going on, they want to cause some trouble or they find something to critique or something to knock you off your kilter because they don't want to be in the vibration of love or in the vibration of spirit. If you're not ready to change, 
Being around people who are high vibration will make you feel uncomfortable and you will do something to cause some issues so you can have what is lower the vibration to what feels good to you. And it doesn't really feel good to you, it feels familiar to you. There's a difference there. There's a difference there. But some of us are used to drama. And so when things are running smooth, uh-oh. <laughs> no, no, this feels too good, it feels too real. Let me cause some drama. Do we, got, do we know some drama makers in this world? I'm just asking. And if you don't, you might want to look in the mirror because maybe you. <laughs> I had to tell myself that a couple times one time. Because I was. I was a drama maker. I was Miss Victim. Everything the world is off to me. That's the first phase of consciousness. The, the phases of consciousness. Victim mode. What's happening to me? The world is at me. What's happening to me? Then you move into the second phase of it, which is the, the victor mode. Oh, it ain't happening to me particularly. I have choice. It's happening by me. I can do something about it. And then you move a little bit further and realize when you start getting to a consciousness of going inside, it's not happening to me or necessarily by me. It's happening in and through me. I have some say in the spiritual laws and it's happening in and through me. And then when you get really deep down into it, were you serious about being about your business, about the business of what you're created to be? It's not just happening in and through me. It is me. It is me. I have choice. And that vibration I choose is what will emanate in and from me because it is me. That beacon of light is you. Are you turning it on? You know if you're turning it on, if you're caught up in the world outside of you versus being caught up in the world inside of you. If you're trying to cause or be caught up in drama, if somebody brings you drama and you chime right in, you're caught up in the world. And that's what this dude was doing. He was, he, and if you have your own selfish agenda, you may be with a crowd of people, ooh, but I can get something out of it. And that's your purpose for being there? Your light is not turned on as brightly as it, it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? So Jesus replies, he's some sweet business. I'm telling you, he's some sweet business. After he says, guard against any kind of greed, because this guy's been greedy. He says, life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by how much you own. Let's say that together. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he goes into a parable to put the explanation part, point on it. He says, in verse 16, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced the fine crop. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I, I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit and say to myself, self, just kidding. <laughs> my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. The last verse, the last two verses. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very day, night. 
then who will get everything you worked for? Like for real. Work for all this stuff and on your deathbed, is it I wish I should have got more? Or is it I wish I should have been more? Like for real. He said in verse 21, yes, a person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth but, not, but does not have a rich relationship with God. Where are you storing your wealth? What wealth am I talking about? It is not physical wealth. It's, and it's part mental wealth. It is. It's the mental. Where are you storing your choice? Where are you focusing your attention? If it's on the things of this world, you're going to always be trying to get it, and you're never going to have enough. It's not ever going to be enough to satisfy you because something might come up, and you'll need more to handle that. And if you're asked to give some of that away, whoa-ho-ho, that'll be a difficult thing because you'll always want to have to replace it before you give it away. You'll plan all kinds of ways that the money will come back in before you give the money out. And that's what this dude is doing here. He's calculating all of these ways that he can sit and be rich and marry in the, in the consciousness of his crops. And when we, Jesus talks about greed, there's another word in other versions that says covetedness. And covetedness means to look over at somebody else's, try to keep up with the Joneses. You ever heard that phrase, keeping up with the Joneses? But what the Joneses have fits them. Sometimes you can get what the Joneses have, and it doesn't even fit right for you. What you need is your, the yourses. <laughs> the mineses. The mineses. <laughs> I was trying to find something to be funny. <laughs> We are created to give. We are a funneling agent where love comes in and love comes out. And if it is not flowing through you, you will not be satisfied because every time it flows you, through you, it generates more and it generates more and it generates more every single time. And every time it generates more, it opens up and activates a truer part of yourself and it activates a truer part of your consciousness and spirit. I always say this. There's two, well, I've started always saying it. There's two types of kingdoms. There's the kingdom of the world, well, three. And then there's the kingdom of God. And then there's your understanding of the kingdom of God. And when you focus into a relationship with the kingdom of God, you demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is the bliss you feel and experience when you are fully one with God. Does that make sense? And that's the inner bliss, the inner connection to the truth that you are inside of you. And when you're focused on keeping up with the Joneses and you're focused on keeping your bank account a certain amount, you bring yourself down into the kingdom of the world, which is the realm of separation, limitation, and restriction. And eventually you will never be satisfied. You'll keep trying to satisfy this emptiness inside of you. This body is a shell. Don't you know that? This body is a shell. The organs work because the spirit is in it. Your mind works because the spirit is in you. But you have control on turning on that light of infinite awareness, but not the, the owning of the physical possessions. It's the owning of your own spirit. It's the owning of your own light. 
Do you turn on your light or do you let the world turn on your light when you're happy with what's going on? And if you let the world turn on the light when you're happy with what's going on, it's going to be fleeting because something's going to happen to take your attention and you'll flip the light off. The true wealth, the true farmer, sows seeds in a relationship with God within the soil of your consciousness inside of you. The true farmer knows that even the land is activated by God, and no matter what you do to that land, unless it's activated by God, it will not reap the harvest that you want. The true farmer, who is a rich farmer, is rich in the spirit of consciousness and follows what God guides you to do with your wealth. You don't take it in and start storing it up and start making your plans yourself. You ask in the spirit, what do I do first? And then you follow that plan. And I know I may be pushing some buttons, but that's okay. It ain't me doing it. <laughs> I can hide behind God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are here to be rich farmers. And I don't mean materially rich farmers. I mean that beacon of light. The lady who I did the memorial for her name was Elizabeth Ann Jantz. She went by her middle name, Ann. We're here to be beacons of light like her. We're here to let the light shine through us. Even a lamp is no good if, it, if you can't shine the light through it. You get something opaque where the light come, doesn't come through, what use is it? But how many of us are that? Walking around and your light is not turned on. If you look at your life today, like seriously look at your life today, are you spending your time being right and being rich, or are you spending your time being real and being God? There's a difference. If you're being real, you're going inside and dealing with the really, reallys so that you can be the vibration of the light for real, for real. Does that make sense? If you're being right, you'll spend so much time convincing others to give you what you think you need, what is on your side. Because if you try to convince somebody to, do, to, to think the way you think, you're taking their light. You're trying to take their choice, their freedom of will. We don't have a right to do that. But how many times, and I'm going to say it, even in politics, do we do that? How about we be about the politicking of our own life? The heart attacks. How about we be about that? How about we move into being an, a deep expression of light that, oh, Mother Teresa, do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Uh, God, did I write it? I do. Thank you, God. I love this. I love this. I love this. And this came to me for Anne's memorial. And I realized as I was uh, going through her husband's memorial four years ago, the same quote from Mother Teresa came then, too. They were birds of a feather. When you are a true giver, you will draw to yourself someone who is also a true giver. And the two of you, they, the two of them for 53 years gave love to each other, created a home, an environment in their home where love flowed from their home, where that was the home everybody was, but then their life was a life that was a home to others that people felt accepted, welcoming, welcomed, and loved for just who, for who they are. Mother Teresa said, 
spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. And I say, don't you ever go to someone else without leaving them happier. That's what I say. When you do that, you are cultivating. You are being a farmer of love and light. You are cultivating unity, and you are cultivating what you are created to be, a beacon of light that will grow. So that in your consciousness. Focus on that in your consciousness, even when it deals with finances. The beautiful thing about the vessel, the, the, oh, I did, the vessel was, it happens in and through me. Verity is, it is me. You are prosperous. You are abundant. You are the light of God. Does the world know that? When you come in the room, does the world know you're there because you're causing a commotion? Or does the world know you're there because you're infinitely spreading the light of God? When you're causing a commotion, the person wants you to turn off that kind of light. I'm just saying. But when you're spreading the light of God, it glows even more because it radiates even more light. Birds of a feather flock together. Let's be about being true farmers. Let's become true farmers. And I want to take it to I'm becoming a true farmer because then that means my being is always coming into fruition. And I want my being to always be coming into fruition. I don't know about y'all, but I want that you walk away from me, you know you've been seen, you know you've been embraced, you know you've been loved, you know you've been welcomed into my space, and you have loved, blessed better than you were when you came into my presence. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want in this spiritual community. That's what I want in this world, but it takes one person at a time. I'm doing my part, and I'm asking you all to do your part with me. Amen? Amen. I am a beacon of love and light. Together, I am a beacon of love and light. Say it again. I am a beacon of love and light. I am becoming a rich farmer. Together, I am becoming a rich farmer. And I bless you in that. I love you in that. And I will always bless you and love you in that for the rest of my breath. When I take my last breath, I want to have in my heart that I know that there's a well done going on inside of me. And it ain't going to be me patting myself on the back. It's going to be me tuned into the spirit of God so brightly that I blind my own self with my light. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much. Let me be the first to say happy Thanksgiving on behalf of the UFH music team. And uh, we are not gonna participate in any drama that takes place with our families or extended families this Thursday. We are gonna choose to be rich farmers of love and light. So we, we are proclaiming that today and we will speak it into existence. So let us all have a wonderful time when we sit around the table. table of the Lord. I will feast 
perched at the table of the Lord. And I won't hunger anymore at his table. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. And I won't hunger anymore at his table. Come all you weary, come and find his yoke is easy, his burden to his table. 
about y'all, but I'm loving how this, this choir is growing. <laughs> Woo! We got a table ourselves, y'all. You know what's amazing? Is that you don't got to go far from yourself to be at the table of the Lord. It's right inside of you, right? right. Amen? Amen? So I invite you to gently close your eyes and let's go to that table with a consciousness of prosperity in your mind and ask, what are you feeling led to give for your donation for today? Take a deep breath and breathe it in. Inhale that prosperity and take it in as you, as you eat and partake of the prosperity of God. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection and then our peace song. And uh, remember to stay after the fellowship so we can have our town hall meeting. As um, Lauren said so eloquently, happy Thanksgiving. Let's go ahead and say our prayer for protection. Together? Oh, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. for all of you. I love you all, and I know God loves you, and so do I. I may not love you as much as God does, but I'm going to get there, I promise you. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.